Good morning and welcome to worship at Heritage. Today is a special day. We come together to honor and glorify our Heavenly Father. We also celebrate our dads here at Heritage. We're thankful for men who love God and His Son and lead their families with Christian love and values every day. We pray you are all doing well and look forward to being together again very soon. Pray with me, please. Father, thank you for Jesus. We come to you today humbled and in all of your grace and mercy. Lord, we thank you for the way you have designed what a family is supposed to look like and the specific roles you have ordained to a mother and a father of how to lead their children. It is for the fathers, families, and children of this church body and the world that we pray today. We pray that you will continue to use these men to lead their families. Father, many are sick, and we pray for healing on their behalf. We offer thanksgiving for those who are recovering and pray that you continue to bless them. We pray for those affected by the virus and ask that you please put an end to this if it be your will. And Father, we pray for unity in our church family at this time when we cannot be together. Strengthen us and bind us together as we struggle with the separation from the people we love. We pray for the leaders of your church, our country, and our local leaders. We pray for wisdom, guidance, and that decisions made will glorify you and be in accordance with your will. And Father, we pray for forgiveness when we sin. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll be reading this morning from John 14, 8 through 11, ESV. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Father God, just for today. Be worshipped. 
on July 5th, we'll be gathered in this auditorium. We'll be worshiping together. And won't that... on the computer, watching on your iPhone. Thank you for being with us in spirit. And we pray that it's in spirit and in truth. We pray that what is said and all that's done is according to God's plan and not our plan. And this morning, as we begin looking down and counting down 14 days from today, as we start our worship service back on July the 5th, I want you to think back last fall before we had ever even heard of COVID-19. My wife and I, we were visiting over in East Tennessee and we enjoy shopping at malls and we just have a really good time. I did something that I shouldn't have done that I'm going to tell about right now. This is not smart to do. Do not do this. I was in a men's clothing store over in East Tennessee. I was trying on some clothing and lying right there, someone had taken several Bible booklets and they had strewn them just all in these men's dressing rooms. I looked in other dressing rooms and there, there were some of these little red booklets or pink or various colors and on different subjects. And I saw one is entitled, Is Jesus the Only Way to the Father? I liked that title and I sat down and I started reading, and I thought for a moment, if Barbara knows I'm in here reading from a book that maybe a dozen men have picked up, looked up, and thrown down, she would be grossed out. That's just not healthy. Don't do that. But I do want to talk about that book, booklet because I began to realize that as I read, whoever wrote this book did an excellent job, scripturally speaking. I was captivated. And before I knew it, I had faith that Jesus really is the only way to the Heavenly Father. And I was already primed for that because just by coincidence, someone had asked me in the office earlier that week, Steve, aren't all religions the same? I mean, is there really a difference between Christianity and Judaism and any other religion? Aren't they all the same? Aren't there many ways to God? Jimmy Dyer read from God's word from John 14 and verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Folks, Jesus came to give you and me the right to bow our heads and pray to our Father in heaven. That's something that Jesus has given us, apparently. Today is Father's Day. And Jesus' whole purpose in coming to this earth is to give every man and woman, every boy or girl, the privilege of becoming a son of God or a daughter of God, either way. Today, I just want to make you aware that there is a book that I want to give you. I've, I've purchased these for our men. It's called Fathers of Faith. And it's the story of individuals that you know of, individuals that are very well known whose fathers had a very heavy Christian background. They knew the Bible. They knew about Jesus and him crucified. And so you hear, see a man here named William to 
his left, on his left is his son, Henry Ford. And you'll be amazed at this and nine other stories. I think you'll enjoy it. Come by the church office in, in the coming week between the hours of 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. And if you need Lord's Supper material, that is available outside. You're welcome to come by. But make sure, gentlemen, that you get this book. It's for you. Let me just give you a little background about Jesus giving us the privilege of becoming sons and daughters of God. At his baptism, Jesus, when he, when he was baptized, immediately he went out and he was tempted by Satan. And then he came back and he started doing miracles let me repeat he started doing miracles and whenever he did miracles after he did a miracle whenever he showed God's kindness on a sick person or a blind individual or a person who had lost a loved one Jesus brought that individual back to life Jesus made it clear that his father in heaven was doing all these works because he loves people he loves to help individuals on this earth and Jesus went from place to place and after he would do a miracle he would start preaching the good news the gospel of salvation of eternal life Jesus went from place to place and that's how he spread the good news by doing miracles doing good works and got people's attention knowing that God cared for them and then he started preaching and then next Jesus when he preached especially just before the Sermon on the Mount, he gathered all of his disciples to him and he chose 12 individuals to be his apostles. Now in the process of choosing those apostles, Jesus apparently told them, all these miracles that I do, you'll be able to do the same things. You'll be able to get people's attention by healing, by giving sight to the blind. You'll be doing all kinds of amazing things and then I want you to preach in that same Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught the apostles something very significant. He said, here's how you pray. He said, pray this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. On your bulletin this morning, you have an article that talks about the fact that Jesus was the only individual in history up to that point who called God the eternal Father of each and every one of us, that he knows us. Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who is in heaven. That's the new part of the New Testament, that God wants to be our Father. He cares for us. In 10 different passages, on 10 different occasions, Jesus also pulled his disciples next to him, and he, he would bow his head, and he would say, I want you to know that I'm going to be betrayed, and I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer many things at the hands of the chief priests and the scribes and, and those who are lawyers in the law of Moses and they are going to kill me and it really hurt the apostles they didn't understand that Jesus had to be killed and the apostles had trouble grasping the truth of Jesus prediction of his own death this morning there is one passage just one I want you to turn to in your Bibles John 14 I think I've found a place where the word Father and where God is our Father occurs. It occurs more than any other place in your Bible. So please be turning in your iPhone or your Bibles or your iPad and be looking. At the end of chapter 13, Jesus declares his death again at this last supper that we we're going to celebrate in just a few moments. 
Jesus told all 12 of these disciples, he said that, that he would be with them just a little while longer, and then he would, be, he would be coming back to be with them in spirit. The apostles were with Jesus having this meal just before the Passover, and at that time Jesus knew that he was going to die, and he took off his fancy robe, and he put on a servant's robe and filled a basin of water, and Jesus washed the apostles' feet, every one of them, without, without exception. Impetuous Peter, you know him. Lord, you'll never wash my feet. Well, the Lord said, if I don't wash your feet, you have nothing to do with me. You have to do it my way, Jesus was telling him on that occasion. I have to wash you. So Jesus instructed the disciples to wash the feet of each other. Jesus said in verse 16, I have given you an example of washing each other's feet. And at this meal, Jesus predicted his betrayal, and he pointed to Judas Iscariot, but the 11 apostles, they were so concerned that each one of them might be the betrayer. And Jesus told all 12 of you apostles, all of you will run away from me. All of you will deny me. Of course, Peter again impetuously said, Lord, I'll never deny you, even though all these other guys will. Not me, Lord. To which Jesus said tonight, before the cock crows tomorrow morning, you're going to deny me three times. The disciples were confused and they were disheartened. Which brings us to our chapter. Right there in John 14, Jesus gives great comfort to these apostles. They need reassurance. They are totally confused. And Jesus gave them, in both in John 14 and the passage that we study, Jesus gives them the comfort that they needed so badly. This morning, I want you to count. I want you to literally count the number of times that the word Father appears in this chapter. We're not even going to finish the chapter. I want you to count how many times Jesus refers to God as Father. In verses 1 through 7, follow along with me in your Bibles. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And the way you know where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's two times. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Folks, God the Father has a house that he's prepared for all of his sons and daughters. And that's exactly what a father does. A father gives his children what they need. They need a place to live. Folks, God has prepared a place for us in heaven. Our names are written there, the Bible says, in the book of Revelation. Ladies, fathers parent differently from you ladies for some reason the men the father just does things in a different way he parents differently he prepares a child for the real world well that's what God is doing God the father was preparing for us the real world and trust me this is not it 
The real world is in heaven. That's where the reality is. This is just a copy of what's in heaven. Look at verses 8 through 11. Continue counting now. Jimmy Dyer read these words just a few moments ago. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's enough for us. Jesus said, have I been so long with you, and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do, not, do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I don't speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Folks, don't miss what Jesus was just saying there. He's saying, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Well, how's that possible? You know, about one time a week or maybe a couple of times a month, somebody in my family, someone that I know very closely will come up to me and say, Steve, you're just like your daddy. I mean, I look at you and I hear your voice. You sound just like your dad. Or the other half of the time, people say, Steve, your son Brad talks just like you. He looks like you. He talks like He acts like you. Well, what are they saying? Folks, it's called genetics. I believe in biological genetics, but I also believe in spiritual genetics. Folks, God's word can change the most wicked person and turn that person into the son of God. I've seen it happen, and you have too. People, men who have grown up, and they are totally different people from what they used to be. Why? Because someone has invested in them spiritually. And I see that right here at our little congregation. Whenever Zoe McCord, McCord is here, Whenever I see her, she worships here with her adopted grandmother. Zoe McCord is so much like Paula McCord. These are the two of the smartest ladies I have ever known. And where does Zoe get it? Well, she gets it from her mom and from her grandmother. That's called spiritual genetics. Notice Jesus said, have I been so long with, with you and you don't know me, Philip? However, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. That's what Jesus is saying. Listen, genetically, Jesus was saying, genetically and eternally and spiritually, the Father is in me and I'm in my Father. He said, don't you believe I'm in the Father? Then look at verses 12 through 14. Jesus said, I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Folks, Jesus promises to answer all of our prayers and make himself known to us and through us that you and I walk around with the, with the genes of Christ in our hearts. Folks, this is the difference between Christianity and all other religions. Most religions, they are in, interested in improving you, making you a better man or a better woman, just improving you a little bit. Folks, Jesus does not plan to improve anybody, except he does, he does plan on recreating each person into his image. Have you ever noticed how Jesus was always 
giving his father credit for everything that he did, everything that he said, every place that he went, every message that he preached. He said, my father, I didn't do this. I just say what the father tells me to say. Did you hear that? That's called genetics, spiritual genetics. Folks, Jesus didn't come to, to improve some people a little and other people a lot. Instead, Jesus is the key to everything in this universe. There's no one like Christ Jesus. That is, unless you're a Christian. And then you're exactly like Christ. Father. Jesus gave his father credit for all of these things. Look at verses 15 through 17. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, for you know, you know that he dwells in you and will be in you. That is Jesus' final answer, folks, to the contention that everyone's God is Father. No. Folks, not everyone has the Holy Spirit. Not everyone has the person of Christ as their goal. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all three. Have you ever noticed that at baptism, Jesus made sure, he said, listen, go and baptize people in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Why all of that? Because, folks, we are being totally recreated in the sight of God then in verses 18 through 24, read with me. I will not leave you orphans. Did I tell you that God is Father? There are so many people at loose ends in this world. They used to have marriage vows. They used to have those bonds to their family, but they've kind of lost touch with everybody, and they're just sort of alone. Folks, Jesus was sent to this world to a lonely world. He says, I will come to you. He who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him. And we will come and we will make our home in him. Whoever does not love me and does not keep my words. Then Jesus said, and the word that you heard is not mine, it's the Father's who sent me. Folks, if I love Jesus, his Father will love me and make me his son. I will be the offspring of God if I love Jesus. If I don't love Jesus, that means the Father won't love me. Jesus promises not to leave us orphaned, instead he says, listen, I want you to be a part of my warm and friendly family. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all of us, we commune together. You know, I was always proud of my parents, always proud of our family. My friends that I went to high school with, junior high and down in Smyrna, Georgia, they would say, your mom is just an amazing person. Or your dad, he's always playing with all of us kids out there getting a ball game started. The boy that lived directly across the street was from a family. I never figured out who, was, who actually the father was, who exactly the mother was. But this kid was in my class in school. 
And I well remember going home with him and he, with him, and he said, Steve, would you help me with my chores? He said, I have the same jobs. And you know what we did? We went throughout the house looking for beer bottles, emptying ashtrays, cleaning up messes everywhere, and washing dirty dishes. That was that boy's job. And he said, I just need some help. And 30 minutes later, we were finished. And I well remember asking that kid, I said, would you like to go to my house? And as he walked in, our family was there, and he enjoyed being with my family. And he said, Steve, you have a real family. And then he said, you have a real father. I said, well, you've seen your dad. He said, I can count five times that I've ever seen my father. Look at verses 25 through 31 as we end our lesson. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I say I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. I do as the Father commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. How many times did Jesus refer to Father in this passage? 22 times. I thought about my friend the other day. That friend that lived across the street that really had no family at all. And I remember when he got locked out of his house and my dad took us boys down to the hardware store. Dad had a key made to our house and gave it to that boy. Changed his life. I guess I'd rather have a key to my heavenly father's house than to the White House in Washington, D.C. You know, I'm thinking about that prodigal son in Luke 15. He found food where? In his father's house. He found favor and acceptance where? In his father's house. He found forgiveness where? In his father's house. He wore shoes that servants were not allowed to wear. He had a signet ring that only he could wear that was made just for him. He had a royal robe that signified full pardon. And he found all these things because he was his father's son. And let me tell you, the key, Jesus Christ, still fits to the doors of heaven. This morning, this invitation is for anyone that is at loose ends, anyone that needs help, needs family, needs a father. Do you need to be free from sin? You can through Jesus. You need to be free from sorrow. Do you need to be free from separation? Are you ready for no more quarantine? Folks, Jesus is trying to drive home to each one of us today into our hearts. Love my father and love me. This morning, if you're in any way subject let one of the elders, Chad Hedgepath, one of our ministers, or myself, let us know how we can help. We'll be praying for you. You are in the center of our hearts. You're invited to my Father's house. Come on in. We want you to come. Will you come right now? Let's sing together.
I love to tell the story of Description, majesty, 
came to America in 1910 from Norway. His brother came with him. They were going to be farmers. They were farmers. They were in Norway. They were going to be farmers in America. Uh, but my grandfather's brother didn't like it, and he went back to Norway. And my grandfather ended up in South Dakota. Now, he had plenty of relatives in Wisconsin and Minneapolis and other places. Uh, for some reason or other, he ended up in South Dakota. I have my suspicions as to why he ended up there, but that was never proven. And he had one son, my father. And this is the serious part. They never had a good relationship. Uh, I don't know if they were too much alike, or what? Anyway, my father basically left home when he was 14. He moved to town, which was five miles away. But it was 1934, and of course nobody had any money and nobody had any cars. But he did have a horse. So he was able to get around and go back and forth, and thank goodness for that horse. They did reconcile to a certain extent. Uh, before I was born, I guess. Uh, but there was still something there. It was a strained relationship. Even I could tell that when I was growing up. And that's unfortunate because that's not how it should be. That's not what the father-son relationship should be. And then I got to thinking about the relationship Jesus had with his father. And since we're considering the... Uh, sacrifice that Jesus made I went back and looked at the seven sayings from the cross that Jesus uh, spoke as he was on the cross dying they're not all recorded in the same gospel so we don't know the, exactly the, uh, the right order or the same, but at least four of them concern him talking to his father. And we know that he talked to his father a lot. He prayed and prayed. He would go off and pray. And, apparent, and the, the first recorded saying is, when he was being nailed to the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, if I had been in that situation, I, think, I do not think that's what I would have said. But it's not unexpected. When the going gets tough, you turn to your father. I did that. I think that's the, the normal way to do it. When things get tough, you turn to your father, and things were getting tough. He was being nailed to the cross. Then there were some other things that he said. He talked to uh, thieves. He talked to uh, John about his mother. And then after he'd been there about six hours, 
he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He didn't say, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? He said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God has turned, had turned his back on Jesus because he couldn't bear the sight of sin. And at that time, the sins of mankind were on the shoulders of his son who was hanging on the cross. Shortly thereafter, he was given something to drink. And he said, it is finished. Don't know who he was speaking to then, but he was speaking to us, if, if not anybody else. And the last thing that he said was, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. The relationship had been reestablished. He called him Father once again. And then he bowed his head and he died. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you as your children. We hope that we have the kind of relationship with you that we need to have. We love you. We respect you. We, we revere you. And we fear you to a certain extent. We uh, are indeed grateful for the sacrifice that you made. Those of us who have, who are fathers, have children, cannot imagine the sacrifice of one of our own children. It's just un absolutely unthinkable that you did that, but you did that for us. We didn't deserve it. We still don't deserve it. But we do appreciate it, and we love you for it, and we love your son Jesus and the things that he has done for us and continues to do as we live through this life. We're grateful for this bread that we're about to partake of that represents his body as it hung on the cross. As he hung there in public view, people were scoffing at him, hollering at him, saying all kinds of things, and yet he endured. We're grateful for that sacrifice. Help us to take this bread that represents that body as it hung on the cross. Help us to take it in, a, in an appropriate manner. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let us bow again. Heavenly Father, we know that Jesus bled on the cross, that his side was pierced and out came blood and water. 
know that blood is very important to you. We know that the blood of your son is important to us. For we know that without that shedding of blood, there could not have been any forgiveness of sins. And we thank you for allowing that to happen. And we pray now as we partake of this fruit of the vine that represents that blood, help us to think back on the tremendous sacrifice that you made and that he made for us, undeserving as we are. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. together. Um, we look forward to being all together in two weeks. I will close us out in prayer, so if you'll bow with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, we long to be together once again. We have been separated for far too long. Our world is aching. Our world is hurting in many ways right now. And we, ask, we just ask you to be the father to the fatherless. We ask that you bring peace to our world and to our land. We ask that we look to you for hope and for guidance. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who points us to you, that he is our way to the Father. And we thank you for being our Father. Lord, many cry out today just wanting to be healed or wanting to be seen as equal. And we know that all healing comes through you true healing of our spiritual selves washing away of our sin through the blood of your son Jesus Christ and we know that we can be equal because we are one race the human race that you created us to be and you see us as your sons and daughters through your son Jesus Christ and through his body the church Lord help us always to remember that that song that we sang as children Jesus loves the little children red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Lord, we love you. We long to be back together, and we think about all of our members here, and we miss them. We will see them soon, and we thank you for the opportunity that you bring us. We thank you for new life and new creation through your son, Jesus Christ, and we look forward to the day that he comes and bring us home so that we can be a family in heaven with you for eternity. In your son's name we pray, amen.